Hi, this is Rob from the WNOD podcast. Did you know some varieties of cheese, like mozzarella, cheddar, Swiss, and American, can help prevent tooth decay? Isn't that amazing? You know what else is amazing? Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. Can I make it through? <laughs> We're all still here. I feel like a newborn baby. Alive. And the party's just gotten started. <laughs> uh, screamers everywhere? Everywhere. Assorted, assorted, you know, merriments. <laughs> My name is Alon. And, uh, I'm Jimmy. And that's Jimmy. We have made it through the scorched earth to bring you the first official episode of season four of Radio Free Brooklyn. We're really happy that you could be here. Join us on such an auspicious occasion. Auspicious indeed. Some things just, though, have not changed, including your kind contributions to get this show where it needs to be. Yes, yes, yes. This is free-form radio, but it don't come free. It don't come free. And if you have any dollars to spend uh, for the goodness of contributing to the existence of Freeform Radio, please go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge. Or you can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash LAR and donate directly to us. Either which way, it doesn't matter what it is. $1, $2, $5, $10, $20. I mean, if your pockets are just overflowing with so many bushels of cash. Either way. You, you just gotta, you gotta be in the given mood. <laughs> exactly. Be charitable. It's the holiday season, so whoop-de-doo and hickory dock, and we look forward to having you as our sponsor, should you choose to rock it out with us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Indeed. Without further ado, let us begin the season. Let's do it. Alison Goodman is a Brooklyn-based comedian and actor who regularly appears at The Pit, performing her solo show, It's Fine, and with her troupe of 15 years called Fucked. 
Mm, glad that we're on Radio Free Brooklyn for this. <laughs> She's currently in production for a new pilot directed by Michael Labrunna entitled The Upside, and Allison joins us live in the studio. Welcome, Allison Goodman. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you reached out to us sort of unannounced, like, and we've known each other through Angel and Nissa's uh, VHS Presents, of which uh, I've been very lucky to be a part of. You uh, presented, and you've got like just such a bunch of goodies and relics from your past, so... So it's so cool that we can find a kindred spirit like you to be here with us. That's definitely one way of putting it. (laughs) Beauties and goodies. Relics. We've gotten them from deep in the temples of of childhood. If you went back to me like while I was scratching on my wall, you know, the allegory of the cave. (laughs) At 12 years old, I'm sure you'd have Exactly. (laughs) You've been performing with this group, for example, for now 15 years, and I can only imagine the kind of content that exists when you first began with the group. They've been together for 15 years. I see. I've come in a little bit later. How later? I am. I've been with Three them. days ago. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just joined an hour ago. Amazing. Five years ago now. Cool. Say. Yeah. In fact, it's been together for a very long time. They're well, great men. You're the only woman and it's a totally male group otherwise? Basically, yeah, for the most part. For the most part of me being a part of it, I've majority of it I've been the single female. How uh, did you come about connecting with the men of this group? Okay. Best story ever. So I have a great friend named Eric Ike. We both worked at the Smith in the East Village. He came in after I did. He was bartending and I like to just play around with people and I said to him, well, when I took a drink to a table, I looked him straight in the face and said, what would you say if I said my pussy was drooling right now? <laughs> All right. And he got me on audition too. Incredible. <laughs> Wow. That's so very forward. What, so it is. <laughs> what was your intention with that statement? I just wanted to, I wanted to see him like reaction. Drop. Yeah. I wanted like yeah, which he didn't he didn't know how to react. When you said it was drooling. <laughs> yes, please. Are we talking like a dog with too much saliva or are we talking, you know, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of directions I could go with it. Some could be offensive. I think, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like do you remember... you're really deconstructing the anatomy <laughs> here. Well, when it comes to humor, you know, I'm always, especially something freeform like that. You're saying humor in everyday uh, life. I, 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 I definitely get it. Saying else, I, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I put that much thought into it at the time. Um, what was it when you got? Was it slimed? What was it when you, all that on uh, Nickelodeon? Stuff? Yeah, what was that show? Something yeah, like? well, I mean, yeah. what, that. the yeah. show it was, it was the trope. It kind of <laughs> it was, it was that kind of gruel coming green slime. It was just like a like a yeah. yeah. So it's as if the Ninja Turtles were bird from from your pussy. <laughs> <laughs> that would Out of that green make you really slime. Happy, to be honest. <laughs> well, they. I mean, they're all you know anthropomorphized, so it makes sense that they're half human, right? It would make sense. We're not gonna, I we're, would be responsible. I was going to say, you don't need to know about the conception because the shell, I'm wondering still. But this is too much deconstruction what for kind one of, joke. What kind of uh, work were you doing at the time before you joined the group? Were you always kind of doing a comedy troops or improv sketch and whatnot? Well, yes, I guess. I mean, I really went to school in the beginning for, I guess, drama, mm-hmm. whatever that means. Whatever that um, means. <laughs> 
drama. That's what, that's what uh, MTV is all about. Where did you go to school? In my life. Uh, University of the Arts in Philadelphia. Nice. Yeah. It was a great school. Tyler, yes? No, that's a different school. Different school. Different school. Shoot. Philly is a dope city. University of Arts in Philadelphia. I mean, if you're going to go anywhere in the East Coast, that's a non-New York place to be. You definitely uh, look to Philly because they've got a ton of great schools there. I mean, Temple, Drexel, um, and then University of Arts that Tyler has mentioned. I mean, it's a very artistic city, and I uh, mm-hmm. love that city a lot. That's very true. Are you from Pennsylvania originally? No, I'm from Jersey. You're from Jersey? Ah, the old dirty Joyce. Where in Jersey? Come on over. Take a seat. <laughs> this is where I ask you where in Jersey you're from, and I pretend that I know where that is. Yes, this is my favorite time. He's really good at pretending. <laughs> <laughs> I've only done this maybe a trillion times in my life with folks. Uh, Westfield, New Jersey. Okay. Oh, Union County. Yeah. Actually, I do actually, know. Actually, <laughs> I, I think I actually know somebody oh, from don't. Westfield. Yeah. I think I actually know somebody. 132 off the parkway? Well, I, I have family in Maplewood, so there, there's... Oh, actually, I know somebody from Maplewood, too, but my college was just chock full of of Jerseyites, Jerseyans, 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 I like Jerseyans, 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 I'm Jerseyan. No, it's not Iran, it's Jerseyan. They called it a train town, yeah? Westfield is like one of the towns that you can easily get to New Jersey Transit to the city really quickly. It's very easy. So when you were home, or even just in general, I'd imagine it wasn't too difficult from um, your undergrad days in Philly. Did you go to the city a lot for auditions or to see shows? Or were you immersed in New York City culture even before you moved here officially? I would say, to be honest, more so before college. Once I kind of was in Philly, I, I just, you know, well, I found pot. Um, hey. And then, if we you're were, and then, and then you returned him to his rightful owner. <laughs> And then I took it back. <laughs> um, no, I, had, I, uh, I went to definitely New York a couple of times, but I kind of immersed myself in the Philly scene to see how that was. And it's great. It's a very artistic city. I have a buddy of mine who, uh, he talks about Philly like it's the best place in the world, man, and you got to go to Philly, and it's possibly the best city in existence. Well, I enjoy Philly on one hand because of the decidedly unique nature of the city in that I can't think of any other city like it, genuinely. I've been to the Italian market, just walking around in Center City, just a lot of characteristics about the architecture. It just definitely feels like nowhere I've been, at least my travels in the country, and I don't see myself traveling <laughs> into the depths of the country I, anytime I've, I've soon. I've not been many places, but in the few that I've been, I'm not familiar. The only place I can think of recently that made me think about it was York in the UK because it's such a historic city, and Philadelphia has such history behind it that, I don't know, like a uh, very unique city. I like the whole... Uh... The whole wheel deal of the way oh, they built the city. I feel like it's very, for me, that made it very easy to navigate because I just could figure out what quadrant I was in. You know? <laughs> and at the same time, that Capitol building. Wow. Mwah, mwah. You can't see on the air, guys, but I'm doing that Italian. Mwah, like I'm all about that. Now. Like it's delicious pizza. You know? <laughs> it, seems like a, it seems like a generally uh, direct place to check out, though, if you're growing up in Jersey. What kind of uh, life did you have growing up, and were you raised with a lot of uh, creative in arts in the household? Oh. <laughs> um, I don't I don't think intentionally. I feel like more so my parents' chaotic and hilarious nature caused me to be like, oh my god, this is we're in for a ride for the rest of I'm in for a ride for the rest of my life. Neither of them were actors though. Neither were actors. My dad plays a great piano and pulls a good tooth. He's a Jewish dentist. Nice. From Little Neck. He pulls a good tooth. He pulls a good tooth. <laughs> Did it today. Today. <laughs> he pulls them on a daily basis. 
He does. My, as my mom says, your father makes a beautiful crown. Actually, she's never talked like that in my entire life. No, I like to ham up everyone that I ever, any impression I do is never completely truthful. So if I ever do you, anyone in the world, don't take it to heart. You have one sibling, right? One sibling, one sister. She's younger. She's a lawyer. She's super smart. She, uh, this is crazy. She basically grew her twin. What? After 26 years of living. I, I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> I know, I know. Wait, was it one of those little plastic things that you put in a bucket of water and you come back 20 years later and you got a twin? Like grow a Because <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> those things just keep growing if you keep giving it water. <laughs> we immerse it into the tub any day now. <laughs> any day now. The clips that you brought with you today, what do your family members think of these clips? Well, they love them. My dad, as soon as he could start recording, <laughs> he's always been using a camera. Sure. And for full disclosure, these are videos, uh, but the audio being the more dominant of the features, yeah. as we try to do here on the show. Absolutely. He, I feel like, just wanted to document everything. My mother wanted nothing to do with her children initially, I think. And then over time was like, oh, this is going to be for the rest of my life. And then warmed up. Yeah, I might as well. That's like I feel like it's a similar thing that happens to you when you're in prison with your cellmate. And you're yeah. like, well, it's going to be me and you That's for 40 smart. years, so I might as well but play you would, chess with you. You would think that you would be acclimated to that way of thinking well before the kid is past two years old, right? Because you, you know what you're getting into. I was a I mean, nut job, though. It's one of those things where sometimes I see a person with a child and they wear it like an accessory. And then, you know, accessories, they, they come and go with the times and fashion. You know? They do. <laughs> I want to roll it back. You just said that you were a nut job. How so? I was like I just a nut kid. I was spastic. Like I would have such spurts of energy that I would start screaming and then pass out from pure exhaustion. Were you an ADHD kid? <laughs> I they, te- they actually tested me for ADD and ADHD, and they put me on Ritalin. Mm-hmm. But all it made me do for a month was obsessively blink. Hmm. So they took me off of it, and then yeah. I was very dyslexic. Did, it, did, yeah. did anyone call you Blinky during that month? They didn't call me Blinky. They called me Chunky Dunky. Oh, Chunky Dunky. <laughs> Jimmy's trying so hard right now to like, formulate a thought to how to respond to this. Well, you know, if I came as in adulthood to someone I knew and was like, I'm going to start calling you Chunky Dunky, not just now, but for the rest of the time that I know you, People would think I was ridiculous, but in childhood, there's just something so innocent and sweet about how nasty they are. <laughs> mean to each other. And just like, well, let's pull something out. Like, they'll take whatever your weakness is and be like, hey, <laughs> would you mind if we told you about this every day? <laughs> I was taking Ritalin for a short period of time as well. The results wasn't necessarily the same as what happened to you. I wasn't blinking per se, but uh, it did not work. <laughs> it just did not work. I, and there may have been some casualties or casualties. I was, was going to say small animals on fire. Exactly. <laughs> it, there could have been. A lot of anxiety and where to put it. I, I, it was not ADHD that I had. It was ADD. And to this day in 2016, I feel that we may have sort of lost the plot and just fudged them together when, in fact, they are totally different. Very different. One is hyperactive, and the other one is more of the dreaming, and I was the dreamer. I was not like my friends Vincent uh, and Evan when I was growing up who show up on the Danziger Zone tapes, for full disclosure, for our listeners at home who know what I'm talking about. I was not like a hyperactive kid, but I was surrounded by them, so I felt in comparison there was a sense of 
not pride, but maybe at the time I was like, oh, well, I'm okay because all I do is just nod off and fade away in class and not pay attention to things. As See, opposed I do that to... all the time too, though. I've always done that as well. Yeah. So who knows? I mean. Yeah, but I, I get that. The feeling of like, I'm the one kid that doesn't need to be sedated right now. Right. And everyone else is like, ah, sit down, sit down, you know, and trying to contain them. And yeah, you're just like, well, I'm also not doing what I need to be doing, but at least I'm not causing a ruckus. Right. <laughs> like, for example. This is the sequel to Mars Attack. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Halloween, for example. When I started my new school and I was seeing kids for the first time from my old school, I was trying to more or less fit in with the kids who would just go around egging and, you know, shave, putting shaving cream in their hair or whatever. I guess it's, maybe it's still a thing that happens on Halloween with the youngins, but I, it was certainly in 1995, and that was not a fun experience for me because I was not very good at running around and being a spaz. I was just sort of very susceptible to getting my head cracked with an egg and just coming home as an entire mess. <laughs> so you went out as a shaving cream kid and they were like, oh, this kid ain't cool enough. I remember the shirt you. I wore. I remember coming home and being just, yeah, a total mess. I may have failed at that segue because there is a clip for Halloween. You know, it came and went. And the scarier days showed up later. But you have a Halloween clip that you have to share with us. I do. I do have a great Can you tell us a little bit about Halloween in 1991? I think it? it was 1991, right? I think it was, not 92. Yeah, we went trick-or-treating. My sister... <laughs> they're, you're, they're opening the door. We're trick-or-treating. We're opening the door. And I dressed up as a bride. God, I don't yeah. know. Really knows. We, we, we the do last have to... thing I'll ever do in my life. <laughs> Jesus. Shall we listen to the clip and then uh, you'll give us some context? It wasn't, yeah. even, it wasn't even like a corpse bride. You were just married. <laughs> it's just like, maybe you just wanted to wear white. Look how horrifying I am. <laughs> look, at, look at this. I'm subjugated for my whole life. <laughs> Let's take a listen. Joey, get in here. <laughs> this is brain. We have a little bride and a little cowboy. A China girl. China girl. Joey. What do you say? Chocolate or the, the dots? I know what kind you like, Joey. Right. Hey, Joey, get over here. Hey, little China girl or China boy. Girl. China girl, I'm sorry. That's okay. Good luck on your uh, Halloween. Say night. thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. This was fun for you. Yeah, What's you. What's the matter, honey? I don't think the bell is. I don't think it works. Why don't you knock on the door? Go look in the... Here they come. Here they come. Trick or treat. Trick or treat. Get your candy out. Yeah, I'm going to make fly. Oh, I don't have that. Yeah, 
Yeah, do lots of them. Don't get so worried. I'm talking. What do you want? I'm talking. A tough day. A tough day? A tough day? A toffee, no. Go into candy. Halloween 1991. It's almost over. I'm a Who's Chewy? <laughs> Chewy was my childhood dog. Oh, okay. He was the best. <laughs> well, Chewy is a dog, man. Chewy is a dog. Chewbacca is based on a dog, dude. So set the stage then for us. We've got okay. a woman that is your neighbor who is entertaining you and your sister Eileen getting candy for trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. And the dog is there with you guys as well? So we'd always dress up our dog and he'd go trick-or-treating with us. What did the dog go with this, this time? I couldn't tell on the tape. He had a large t-shirt on with black marker, but I couldn't figure it out. I mean, I th- th- that just seems like a really random thrown-together <laughs> costume. Yeah, and they probably just wrote what he was on the T-shirt. Like, that's <laughs> a classic. Who was the woman? Uh, I don't like, – you mean whose house you were at? Yeah, it was just like a neighbor. It was a regular neighbor. So my dad, again, just like taped was, was he a so. man about town? Like he knew everybody? <laughs> I mean <laughs> – a man mom. about town. Was he? Was he? Was he? <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I think I'm, I'm using the wrong term. Was he? <laughs> was your dad a prostitute? Was your dad? I, I don't call myself a prostitute. I prefer to call myself a man about town. <laughs> Coming to well, theater all right, soon. All right, all right, all right. ADD also tends to make you say words that you do not mean to say. This is a proven fact. Let me try that again. Um, was your dad well known around the neighborhood? And As did he a know? Man. <laughs> As a man. That goes about the town. I don't think so. We call him Purse Man because we always used to make him carry my mom's purse and do this fun dance. Wow. Um, <laughs> he, did, he did a little dance. So, with what you're saying is he <laughs> is a man, man about the town <laughs> that was stressed around the purse. <laughs> In an amazing way. It's just this is really uncovering a lot of things. Uh, Halloween was uh, was an important holiday to you. Did you really get into it a lot, or was it more just like put on you by your parents as like something fun to do? No, I actually loved it. My dad carves a great pumpkin and toasted pumpkin seeds the way that my parents do them. My mom does them the best, and actually she sends them to me. I just got some this year. She sends them in a plastic container, like wrapped in tape in a box. Wow! <laughs> it's like always um, pumpkin. I never eaten pumpkin seeds before. Oh, what? Delicious! You're nuts. I mean, you hear that? Like, you're I nuts. Like, you're crazy as a coconut. My, my seed game is not as high as it should. I mean, like it's one of those things. Where I'm just like, damn! Like, there's so many seeds I got to try. <laughs> Like, you got to be a seed trier around town. Yeah, seed man about town. <laughs> spread, your, spread your seed. All right, time out then. Your sister was, you went as a bride, and your sister had a kimono on? No, she had, so my, I guess my grandmother, someone had gone to China, and they brought back a hat. <laughs> So, because I was wondering too, I was like, when you say that she's a China girl, Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) I don't even remember what she was wearing clothes wise. She didn't. It was just the. She did look like a cowboy though, for real. Okay. She had what do you call? Oh, the 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 pointy hat. No, it looked 
from um, China? Like I don't think it was. See, that's the thing, though, as I'm not sure it really was from China, which makes everything oh. even worse. Well, like this T-shirt that I'm wearing. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a China boy. <laughs> this actually reminds me of getting a dashiki recently from my boss who went to Tanzania. But then I noticed that that kind of shirt happens to be worn all over Brooklyn. <laughs> it's not like something uniquely African. No. Yeah, people that smoke weed. They they wear that. <laughs> That's like a uniform. It's like it's, it's well known. I was like, oh, 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 thanks, thanks, boss, thanks for the shiki that you went to like some random tourist store all the way from Brooklyn to Africa and came back and you gave me this. I feel so a part of that culture now. <laughs> I had a roommate from Tanzania actually. Yeah, tell us about that. Shout outs to whatever that guy's name is. I'm so bad with memory. I'm terrible with memory. <laughs> he was a nice guy. He was a nice guy. If you're so terrible with memory, is that probably why one of the reasons that it's so important for you to hold on to these videos? There's a sentimentality and there's a hard ability to remember certain things and just having the video jogs at memory really, really quickly. There are some things that you just can't and won't ever forget. What's one thing that you never, ever wanted to get recorded and thankfully didn't that could have? Your father... Dressing your sister up as a China girl. <laughs> <laughs> fair point, fair point. Uh, let's just say that she was made of China. She was a doll. <laughs> Thank so you. The hope She's porcelain. Porcelain. China girl. I think the other thing was they kept calling her a little boy, which happened to my sister quite often as a child. And that, in the end, why she was, in fact, saying tough day. It's something my dad used to say when you come home from work. And so she had a tough day because everyone kept calling her a little China boy. I get why, but now it's offensive officially to dress uh, up as an ethnicity for Halloween. Yeah. Yes. You know? yes yeah. This is, uh... Like um, the Hillary Duff got in trouble because she dressed up as a Native American and uh, they were like, and then her husband was like a, a pilgrim. Is it Hillary Duff? No, it was the, the, the Disney one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that Juliana Hoff was also given a little bit of flack for dressing up as something. I saw it on John Oliver. It's how is this still a thing yeah. on Last Week Tonight? And he was talking about people I mean, who still are dressing up as ethnicities and thinking that it's cool and it's okay to get away with it. I mean, I wonder if this would be possible. If I dressed up as a pizza chef, like a really, really over the top, but Italians would be pissed, I guess, right? Maybe. I mean, if I was like, oh, it's so delicious and I had a giant mustache. It just, I mean, there's it's a just line, so though, right? funny. I mean, the comedic value of that. Oh, okay, so that we're missing. I mean, that that is the thing where it's like. I mean, I understand definitely where we're there is the crossing the line. Then there's a place where we've come where it's like you can't even do some things because we've gone so extreme in other. Well, cases. I think what yeah. we've learned from this past week is that this country is not as progressive as everybody would like to think, and maybe things <gasps> get out of here. Maybe Stop things it, have been pushed be. way too progressive, and everyone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up! I really want to dress as an ethnicity for Halloween. <laughs> I'm going to vote that way. Let's make Purely sure. Purely voting just based off of how I can dress up for Halloween this year. I want to make sure it's okay. In 1991, Allison Goodman's parents see that Eileen is coming home and is, you know, dealing with this whole backlash. What is the response that the parents give her? To Eileen? Yeah, right. Boy? Yeah, like, like you know, if like there's obviously this flack, and then how do they take it as parents who have made the decision to send their kid out like that? Oh, they did. I mean, my parents, I think they thought it was funny. Yeah, and didn't really. That's. I mean, you could hear in it. My mom saying, "Do you think she's Eileen saying toffee?" 
So it's kind of everything was kind of like, oh, she, you're fine. I mean, that's how I was as as a kid, how mm-hmm. we were brought up. It's like, get tough, like stand up. Like, so they called you a boy. Well, get over it. Right. Move on. I see. Um, oh, know. yeah. No, I mean, I guess it's not necessarily about the costume per se, but when your kids come home and say that, you know, they were made fun of by somebody, how does the uh, parent respond kind of thing? Well, and you know, dealing with any sort of mean kids in school, especially on Halloween or whatever, I mean, it's bound to happen. It is. I mean, I was super dyslexic and overweight for most of my childhood, so that was a, <laughs> a great concoction for being a kid in New Jersey. Um, they were very much like, give it back, always. Don't um, don't give in. Fight a good fight, I guess, essentially. Yeah, my dad was always like, Hit him squarely between the eyes. Just once. Just to let him know you mean business. And trust me, you won't be messed with anymore. For people out there on the airwaves that have no idea what I look like, I was the smallest kid in school until I was 14, maybe. I was, like, little. I was way smaller than everyone else. So we were polar opposites. I mean, again, like, I I think I might have brought it up before. You have. Jimmy and I actually do share something in common in that we were pipsqueaks in our class. uh, But then you had a growth spurt, so that kind of changed the game. I grew, like, six inches in, like, a year. Yeah, you look pretty tall. I'm relatively normal height now, I feel, but... I was small, but still thin. And it was one of those things where other little kids that would challenge me to a fight because they wanted to make sure that they weren't the littlest. Yeah. Survival of the bittest. Yeah, because like I remember there was another kid that was the same size as me, the same way we were like the two little pygmy guys. And uh, he, and then I remember that there was like a conversation one time, like who's smaller? And people were like, I don't really know. And then one day, step that... forward. <laughs> yeah, all right. Get in line. Choose your weapon. <laughs> and uh, this kid challenged me to a fight in front of everybody, and I was like, "We don't have to do this." And he goes, "Yeah, we do." Oh. And I was like, "So we're gonna fight right now?" And he was just like, "Yeah, it's we're gonna fight." And then like all these kids surrounded us, and they were like, "Ah, oh, they're gonna fight!" And this kid like put his hands up, and then I was just like. Okay, and I just went wham, and I hit him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just punched him, and uh, he went down. And he was like, "Why did you hit me?" <laughs> and everyone, motherfucker, was... you asked for it. <laughs> and, and then, and then everyone was just like, "Yay!" <laughs> and uh, and then he was the littlest after that. <laughs> yes, all right. So his plan backfired on a big time. Did the same kind of uh, animosity ever occur in your school, Allison? I mean, I think they've like pushed into lockers and spit on. Sure. You know. I mean, that's that's <laughs> awful. <laughs> that's textbook awful. I was pushed into like a what was it like a once in like my new school when I was in seventh or eighth grade. I got pushed. I think it was in seventh grade. I got pushed into not a locker, but like there were those hooks, those coat h- hooks or whatever. Wow. Yeah, I got pushed into the wall where those hooks were. Ouch! I was just like, man, that's low. <laughs> you knew you were pushing me into like, and I can't fight back. And I wasn't gonna fight back, but now it just really hurts. Now I'm gonna like have to stick with this pinching pain for the rest of the day. Give me a bruise. Yeah. Did you know that spitting on someone is uh, assault? Is it really? Yeah. yeah. It is. Well, I mean, has it always been that way, or is that just a, like, a new thing? Uh, I don't know. In this PC culture well, I, of ours. I do know that uh, the guy at my job got fired for spitting at somebody, and then it came out later that they filed charges against him for assault. Oh, and, wow. Like, we went through and stuff like that. Yeah. And someone also got fired at my job uh, for farting on someone else. Uh, <laughs> I've been like, farted on. I towards didn't... <laughs> someone, uh, a customer actually, I think. Uh, 
But I remember that they were like got in an argument with someone where just like, oh, screw you. And like turned around, you know, it's just like butt towards them and like farted in their general direction, you know. And is that Monty Python esque? I will fart in your general direction. <laughs> was, was that what happened to you, Allison? No, Eric Ike, who I told you earlier, um, pins me down and farts on me occasionally. I see. Yeah. <laughs> Playful good, farts. Good friends. <laughs> It's either really good friends or really, really bad enemies. There's only two ways that you can slice that. Christmas coming up, and so there is, in fact, a Christmas clip here. Is there a lead-in uh, before the clip, or should we just play it and make our own assumptions? Um, I'm just going to say that my mother's Roman Catholic and my dad's Jewish. Okay. here's Christmas. I'm sorry I didn't ask that before. <laughs> Great context. This is wonderful. Let's take a listen. So I'd like to apologize to the listeners. Um, I was listening to the clips, and I totally didn't realize that, in fact, uh, there are two clips in there. There is Thanksgiving, which is topical since we were leading into Christmas. But that said, uh, there is both Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's a little difficult to ascertain what is exactly going on in Christmas. It seems like Thanksgiving, it's a small Thanksgiving. You didn't really have much family at the table, did you? No, and this was actually, I think, grandparents came in, and I think I was dressed as a pilgrim. You dressed up as a pilgrim. For, for Thanksgiving, school. for I school, think for school. Yeah, I see. I'm pretty sure it was one of those like you probably put like a recital or something. Sure. And I yeah. had to sing a song. Did you do the whole handprint? Yeah, absolutely. Turkey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my my handprint turkey looked like a hand. It's... <laughs> just a hand. <laughs> just, I mean, Fascinating, Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, uh, it wasn't. The, 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 those weren't really like feathers; more like fingers. <laughs> So there's Thanksgiving with your grandparents, and then we go very fluidly, rather, into Christmas. And what was happening Christmas? It was you and Eileen around the tree, but your father was there, and your mother was upstairs? My mom? Yeah, she was upstairs. She was in bed. But yet, 
she is the one who's Catholic, mm-hmm. and your father is Jewish. is Jewish. How was your father in terms of acclimating to a pagan holiday <laughs> as opposed to a Jewish holiday? And did you guys celebrate Hanukkah additionally? We did. Jews love Christmas, though. Jews do love Christmas. (laughs) That's true. If they get the chance to love it. I didn't do Christmas until, for full disclosure, until I got married. I really didn't do anything involving Christmas. Hanukkah fell around my birthday. And so birthday and Hanukkah just sort of melded into one kind of present-getting extravaganza. Which is why I'm such a shitty human being now because I just keep taking and I don't give it to anybody. Um, I know. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. But you did Hanukkah. You did Christmas. And your mother was not there for you to open the presents in this. There, it, That is sort of significant, right? Yeah. I think there's a moment she wasn't feeling so well. And in the clip, I think, like, later on, my dad's like, Chewie, go get her. It's another time when the dog becomes, like, a very prevalent role in the family. Where it's like, save the day, dog! And the dog's like, (laughs) How old did your dog live to be? Chewie? I think Chewie lived to be 12. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he passed away from cancer. He was the Mm. best, though. He was such a good dog. And your mother was very attached to him? My mother was very attached to Chewie, as was my dad. My mom, very much so. Would you say that she called him... Her co-pilot? It's <laughs> <laughs> too easy. I'm just too I was easy. sitting there, Star Wars idea well, that's formulating. The only way they were gonna get a dog, because my dad my parents worked opposite hours. My mom was a nurse, overnight nurse, mm-hmm. and worked a lot too with like terminally old kids and, and stuff. And my dad was obviously a dentist, day job. And my dad said, yes, we can get a dog, but we have to be able to name him Chewbacca. Hey, I, I'm not going to get mad at that. No, I would never get <laughs> mad at that. Do you remember what were in the presents? Well, what the, were in the boxes, I should say? What I'm doing is we're opening them, and there's one box that's empty and one box that's full, and it's the same gift. It's like this like large rubber duck. I don't know, even know what it did. Maybe it spoke. And so my dad gave me the box that was empty, and my sister had the box that had the duck in it. He just seems not to address it, and we continue <laughs> on with Christmas. <laughs> what a great scheme to just, eh, we're never going to bring that up again. Just, uh... <laughs> and yet you recorded it on video, dude. I mean, your kids are going to remember this day. My friends, they used to do a lot of joke gifts on Christmas. I remember we got my friend uh, Sync the game for Game Boy. Wait, in- there was Sync the game? Yeah, How did was... I miss this? I know. I don't know if you ever played it. Like That was the thing of the joke gifts. Did you play? only the five players or were you able to choose from one of them i i, I really want to play it now i don't know that's the thing is we gave it to him but i i feel like it, it rotted on the shelf okay the deal was we would put it in like a gigantic box filled with foam and rocks and all this stuff and you have to like dig through this huge thing and he thinks by the time he gets to the middle of it, it's going to be like a dope gift and it wasn't. <laughs> so I'm confused, though. This is an in-sync game for what console? Or I want to say it's for, like, Game Boy Advance. Something like that. And so it must have come out in the late Circa 90s? late 90s, yeah. It's, I didn't realize Game Boy Advance was still occurring back then. Yeah, I guess course. it was. That was around the... I mean, it wasn't um, N64, like, 96? Ah, yeah, that's true. It's true. Yeah, it definitely was. And, and realistically, it doesn't make much difference uh, for the argument now, but their celebrity games, obviously, on phones are all the rage. So it only makes sense that you would have some really shitty music pop star related video game. Can I share something with you? <laughs> Please. So we're watching. Sorry, I'm just like, <laughs> come on. Are you... <laughs> we do this for yeah. you. <laughs> share it. We're watching things happening last week. 
I'm sitting with my friend, and she mentions that the highest grossing, not even game, it's an app on your phone. The highest grossing thing that's making money is this app where you can dress, put makeup on. Kim Kardashian? Yes. I I just have a lot of questions. Okay. So it's like... Question one. It's like a Why? it's a it's a pretty girl simulator. Why? It's a yes. pretty girl simulation. And you simulate that you're a pretty girl and you go and like I think you go to like the mall. We're obsessed with image. I think you build your own character. What's the but other Kim's, question? But Kim's in it and she talks to you. Yeah. It's interactive, but it's a Kim game. Kim is that's, like yeah, it's like your friend or something. It, we're obsessed with image, we're obsessed with celebrity. I mean that's I just didn't I didn't know I didn't physically. I have know many that questions too about it too. But yes, I mean, as the culture of gaming and interactive games continue, how do we allow ourselves to get so fixated on celebrity? That doesn't make it just it, it, it it's very strange to me. I mean, if I was playing Mega Man and there was a level where I could go fight Jack Nicholson, I would be all about it. Man Jack about Nicholson man? Man about town. Man about town. I, uh, man about <laughs> Jack Nicholson man and when you defeat him you receive eyebrows. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, it'd be just... You've received Jack eyebrows. <laughs> and now you can go and you can find Dr. Wiley. And you know, I mean just be it'd be not be I mean sure. but again like the deal with the celebrity fascination is that people will find things about celebrities that they like, that they just wish that they had in themselves or in their friends and in their own life. Because their lives are public, you can be a part of their life. You know, People enjoy social activity. People just enjoy being around other people. And when your friends yeah. share something with you that's positive, you're like into it. But your friends aren't like Academy Award wing actors and millionaires. So like when you can share in the you know, all the, the bountiful things, the luxuries that these celebrities are having, you kind of like get to feel happy for them just because you're a fan of them and vicariously you're getting something out of their life. But then we revel, if not even more so, in putting them on that pedestal and then ripping them down. Well yes. yeah, but you're you're exactly right. It's pretty great to see them crumble and fall, I feel it's so shallow. Because because people like the same way they go oh you know you got it it was great but like you know your time is your time is done <laughs> let's see it all burn baby I've always told people in privacy that I have no interest in being famous ever if I can be just successful in my life in work and art I will be happy as a clam you have to really want to be a glutton for punishment if you want to be famous just, in this day and age especially I just want. To be famous enough that they make an action figure out of me. I want. I want my own action figure. I just. Do you want your own bobblehead? Yeah, because bobbleheads <laughs> are corny. But like, you know, I want the face on the toy to look nothing like me, but it to say my name on the box. Like that's my dream. <laughs> that's really shabbily made. Like I can find bootleg versions of me, and like, oh look at this really crappy like Chinatown version of me. Yeah, <laughs> it looks nothing like me. Look, it looks sort of like he looks sort of Greek or something. Like. Why is it reminding me of Grandma's Boy? <sighs> no, yeah, well, it's a guy like Grandma's Boy. <laughs> drive, monkey, drive! <laughs> I can't believe you came with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> What's under the skirt, Laura? I mean, dumb, dumb movies. I mean, I, I don't know. It's I had a, I've had a couple instances where I've had I've met someone. That I was like having a nice conversation with. We were talking about something very smart and, you know, just like important to society. And then I brought up something stupid, like it's a dumb movie. And they were like, oh, I don't, I don't like stupid humor. Ugh. 
And I, the same way, I was just like, ooh. No, you're not a real person yeah, if yeah. you don't like stupid. No, you got it. The but dumb, to the, that the point, dumb, the dumb stuff is so good. To that point, though, so stupid humor is just as inane as Kim Kardashian's video game because it's mindless. Yes. I, I'm thinking of downloading it, it after it, this program. Shut up. You the, but, Shut I, up. It, it's, Shut up. It's, it, <laughs> so, so the deal is that it's, it's, <laughs> it's all the game is making money from is in-app purchases, right? Like I bet yeah, the, the app itself buying. is free. But right. then you've got to buy the clothing, and that's what costs money, right? So that, okay, so how much is, like, a piece of clothing on this app? I mean, I don't I, – this is why I want to download it and do more research. And I'm going to be a pretty woman on this app. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just say I have oh a buddy God. of mine who plays an app, and in that app you have to pump money into it to get more uh, options in the app, basically, uh, for this game that it is. And he told me he spent over $600 on that app. And I was like, so this is so that you can virtually be better against other people playing on the internet? Mm. And he was like, yeah. And then I'm thinking, well, couldn't you not give yourself all of these legs up with the $600 and just have a huge challenge to have to beat them with, like, all the crap that you're, you're given in the beginning? Like, yeah. isn't, that, isn't that better? Because in, in essence, because if you spend all this money, aren't you just going to be, like, way handicapped and now they just have to beat you because you just dropped all this money on it? Oh. No, there's no good. There's no good thing about that. I feel this, this is actually. Why I like Craig Ferguson. <laughs> Wait, what, what about Craig Ferguson? What? What about Craig Ferguson? This is why I like Craig Ferguson. <laughs> oh no, I mean he's a perfect critic of the shallowness of celebrity. I've seen him a lot a few times, and he's talked about that. Actually, this whole conversation of celebrity is fits in perfectly to one of the birthday clips that we're playing. Um, I Segway. guess. Segway. Well, hey, I mean, I, it, we didn't we didn't plan for this. The actual segway. We didn't plan for this. Segway. Allison. Brought in two clips of birthdays, one after the other. Actually, I'm not sure what years they were. They may have been a little more spread out. They are more spread out. One, I'm seven or eight in the second clip. I think in the first one, I'm six, Mm -hmm. I want to say. In the interest of relatability to what we were chatting about, let's play actually the one from later year first, the one uh, where you had a celebrity visitor. And what year was that? That was when you were eight? Uh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. What about ninety four? Maybe ninety four. Right? Okay. So <laughs> let's listen to the Barbie clip, and then we'll we'll, we'll have a conversation. <laughs> Great. Yay! Hey, what day this is? Party day. Whose party? Point point to the birthday girl. And how old is she? Seven. How old is she, Eileen? Seven. And who's coming to the party today? What is she going to do? And what else? Bye. There's the piñata. Over here. Here with me. 
You want one more to go on this side? Why don't you yeah. come up? So that was she's got the look. The clip, the, yeah, let's, and it, please. It, it definitely dated the clip because it felt like all of a sudden, like an early '90s or late '80s montage. And, yeah, set the stage for us and what's going on there. There seems to be a little bit of a dance party going on with a bunch of eight-year-olds and a very tall blonde woman who's supposed to be Barbie. Yes, this woman. She's definitely. She. I guess she'd made a, a living out of dressing up as Barbie or a multitude of. Other things, I'm sure, as well. And going to kids' birthday parties. I just have no words, <laughs> really. <laughs> um, there was also a Barbie pinata. What was in the Barbie pinata? A bunch of candy. What was it, good candy? I feel like there's never good candy in pinatas. No, pinata candy sucks. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it does. This is well known. This is a scientific thing. You know, pinata candy, I don't know what it is. I mean, hitting a pinata, it's dope, but pinata candy is awful. So what you're saying that's is terrible. it's the process that's that's cathartic. you got to take the enjoyment from the, 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 whack, the whacking of the thing. But the end result is just a total anticlimax. I don't know about you guys, but a couple of pinata times in my life, I feel like people got whacked in the head by accident. That's Because hey. someone always does a backswing goes whack. They think that just because they have a blindfold on doesn't limit them from looking as slick as possible with a pole in their hand. Yeah. Children's birthday party ideas. The parents always have nice intentions, but it always end up being really, really, something, something about it is off. You were saying earlier in the show that VHS Presents Connection that you and I have, Allison, there is a video that I definitely need to share that I don't even know if Lost and Rewound could really give it justice. I may have talked about this on the show before, actually. I had a birthday party two back-to-back years of a ventriloquist named Steve Charney. Shout out to Steve Charney, <laughs> wherever he may be, and his dummy Harry. And Shout outs to Harry. Steve Charney did this whole bit about a lollipop. The first year he did my birthday party... He kept on this discourse with Harry being like, hey, what kind of lollipop does Lon want? Does he want lemon? No, 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 he doesn't want lemon. Or grape? No, no, he doesn't want grape. <laughs> or, oh, he wants, ooh, ooh, orange. He wants orange? No, no, he doesn't want orange. Or does he want cherry? And I was a huge fan of anything red. So that anything. cherry, cherry, strawberry, yeah, well, you name it, watermelon. So he said cherry, and I got up. We were all sitting down watching in great enthrallment, and I stood up, and I was like, yes, I am taking that cherry lollipop. And then Steve's like, whoa, 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 the bit's not over. <laughs> you have to sit down. You'll get a lollipop. So we then did a trick where he shook the bag, and then I'll pop a swirly lollipop, and that was mine. The next year... I uh, wanted the red, you jerk. <laughs> oh, foreshadowing. He fucked up. He totally fucked up. He said that my favorite flavor was lemon, and I cried in front of everybody at my birthday party. Aww. 
He did the same thing, but he was like, he likes lemon. Yeah, yeah, lemon, lemon. And then I'm like, it's not true. No children <laughs> like lemon. You watch it. Wow. Well, yeah, that's what happens when you just hire a, a jerk off that, that, yeah, that well, comes he... in with a piece of wood on his leg. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly the reason why he didn't come back the next year. I had a puppet show the next year. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I had the most obscure birthday party one time. I think I was like nine years old, and my dad hired this magician. I go to my dad, I go, Dad, I, I didn't like magic as a kid, and I don't like it anymore now. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, this is for nothing. And he goes, no, no, no. <laughs> This is really cool. You'll love it. This guy, his name is Gandalf. <laughs> and he's being sued by J.R.O. Tolkien. <laughs> and he's being sued. And I tipped off the news <laughs> that he's be, that he's coming into the park. And then the news is going to come and they're going to take pictures of him. And they're going to write an article. And they're going to be in the paper. And they did. And they took a photo of me with him like doing some sort of trick. And there's a photo of me and my dad at this newspaper somewhere of, like, me in the paper with this guy. And I look thoroughly unimpressed. <laughs> it's like a nine-year-old. I'm just there, like, totally bored. Fascinating. And it says, like, here's him with Jimmy Hoffman at this birthday party. And my dad afterwards, like, was so proud. He was beaming. He's like, look, you're in the newspaper. <laughs> that was your present. All that, that was all bogus. You're in the paper now. At this point, 20 years ago, I was like, print is dead. <laughs> 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 Who cares about this? That's hysterical. You need to call up Kane and tell him Print is dead. <laughs> we have time for one more clip. This was a birthday party from a few years earlier and a much, much different activity than Barbie. We were, uh, what's it called? It was like a gym. I want to say Jimboree, which is not true at all. It's way younger. Jimboree is gymnastics. what I like to call parties. Gymnastics. Par- parties it was at a gymnasium. My sister had a birthday party at a gymnasium. Let's hear what we got here. This is like one of those parachutes? Yeah, the parachute. Okay. Like parachute. parachute time. Parachute time. What was it like being the center of attention as a child? I think as a child I enjoyed it, which I don't know how I feel about that now. But I think as a but kid, are you in performance now? Yeah, but I like to think of it not as myself and our no. Uh, not, you're, so you're not, you're not the center <laughs> of attention. There's there's other people. But didn't you say you do a one woman show? Yeah, I do. I do. So, you were doing a one-girl wo- show in the, on this parachute. You were in the middle of a parachute just sitting there, just like, just pure, unadulterated child, very happy, enjoying the moment. Did you hear the thing she was saying, though? I thought it was hilarious. Like, she's like, ooh, she looks hot. Let's cool her off. Like, 
things at the gym that that gym teacher was saying. I was like, what's yeah. going on? Somewhat, somewhat questionable. <laughs> I mean, I think as a kid, I liked it. I think in my earlier years when I kind of fit in more, and then I think as progressively as I got older, the center of attention was not such a nice situation. Sure. And, you know, ultimately, being somebody who would have a birthday party, you naturally, as a kid, were going to be the center of attention. When you were a child, your parents wanted you, and this, I think, not necessarily you specifically, but I think just as a royal you, royal we, <laughs> we as children have parents who throw us birthday parties because they want to show their kids off or they want to get a chance to spend time and not have to look after their kids and have other kids work around and then they could have their kid, you know, have a party and be able to throw their kid a party as a way to give them a chance to be the center of attention. So they, no matter what, built in a sense of comfort that we have to be in the middle of everything and to be looked at by everybody. Mm -hmm. And she even says, she's like, it's your special day. It's your special day. (laughs) And birthdays aren't necessarily special days as we get older unless we really choose to go all out and continue to be super into ourselves and throw huge birthday parties as adults. This is very true. I can't do that anymore. I'm in my 30s. I feel like if I did, it would be insincere and not in my character. But I used to do it a lot. when I'm Within my first 10 years of living in New York, I did it all the time, every year. At a birthday party. All right. I don't know. I mean, it just felt like the right thing to do in my character because knowing all the people that I did. Jimmy, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very. I have very mixed feelings about birthdays. What, what, tell us your feelings. <laughs> it's just, um, it's sort of that same idea of things. A lot of things that were really fantastic in childhood, and then you get to a point, um, and they weren't always great. But I mean, you had this, I, you know, um, I guess it's that idea of, uh, I think, what is it that that German term, Weltschmerz? It's like the feeling you get of like angst or of you know the the bad feeling you have that your life is not an idealized version of your life. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I feel like every time that a birthday comes up, you kind of want it to be better. Similarly, you know, Christmas or you know things like that. I remember the very first time when I was a kid and uh, Christmas came up, and I didn't get any gifts, and I was a kid still, and it was one of those things where I, I you know I. I thought to myself, you know, like, ah, I can't, I can't believe this, and it was, it, it broke the innocence. You know? Yeah, Allison, your one woman show does that deal at all with the audiobiographical nature that we've come to see here in your clips? Oh yeah, for sure, majority of what we play with, yeah. And when does it look like there's another performance coming up? Is there um, one scheduled? Not, there's not one scheduled now. I'm talking to the acoustic director of the Underground, but hopefully in the next like two months or so. I'm also Great. looking around other theaters as well. And you've got a new website up. I do have a new website. Christina Roman's amazing. She did my website too. Shout out to Christina Roman. She's did amazing. She really? Mm-hmm. Really great woman. That's awesome. Excellent woman. Yeah. Christina Roman is fantastic. And Kindred spirits and we are. Yes. She's a traveler too, which is amazing. Yes. It's Allison, A-L-Y-S-O-N, hyphen, and then Goodman, G-O-O-D-M-A-N, um, dot com. Great. Allison Goodman here on Lost and Rewound. Thank you so much for being here. Thank yeah. you guys so much. Thanks for coming awesome. on. <laughs> this was our 50th episode officially of Lost and Rewound, our 27th for Radio Free Brooklyn, and we're really very happy to be here for season four. So, Congrats us. Yes, congrats us. Congrats on Radio Free Brooklyn and making it this far and continuing to go this far. And we look forward to seeing you next week, y'all. Next ah. week, right here on Radio Free Brooklyn.
Yeah, but that's not drink that water. Take that away from her!